The Bostonian is Matt Perrault. This is our city. The book is Dave Sherapan. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Together, they are the Bostonian versus the book. You covered! You covered 12! I covered! Follow the show on Twitter at Boston versus the book. How do you like them, Matt? Bringing you the best insight on sports betting news, Matt and Dave's daily picks, and an entertaining and unfiltered dive into the sports betting industry. Here's Dave Sherapan and Matt Peralt. And here we go. What's up, Brigade? How are you? Welcome into a Thursday episode of the Bostonian versus the book being presented by the Betfred Sportsbook. Dave is off for today. Should be back tomorrow. We're hoping to see the book come on in, but sitting in for Dave is one, the only. There are three people that have nicknames from our brigade, and this person is one of them. Our good friend Raheem Palmer from The Ringer in today. How are you, my friend? Good to see you. Thanks for sitting in today. Life is good. I mean, I appreciate you having me on. It's always a pleasure, you know, um, hanging out with you, hanging out with Dave, you know, so you guys are family right now. So <laughs> well, we appreciate I appreciate it. The dream is what they call you. So it's Raheem the dream coming in for the next hour plus with us here on BVB. Well, before we get into the topics, let's tell people what you've been up to. I know we talked about it the last time you were on, but like up to everybody, what's up with the ringer? What are you guys doing right now over there? What are your podcasts? So right now I'm doing the Ringer Gambling Podcast, and I'm also doing a Philly Special Podcast. So the Philly Special Podcast, um, you know, it's a couple of us. It's myself. It's um, Chris Ryan. We're covering the Sixers, but then we also got Shill and we got Ben. Um, they're, they're covering the, um, the Eagles. And as you guys know, I'm not an Eagles fan, so <laughs> I'm not doing the Eagles stuff. I'm a Cowboys fan, but I am a Sixers fan. So I'm covering the Sixers over there. And then, you know, the Ringer Gambling Podcast, we're just talking gambling. We're talking about NBA, NFL boxing you know little mlb i'm probably gonna be doing more mlb Ooh. more this year because i I mean i've had so much success betting baseball last year so i think i'm gonna be doing a little bit more than that i'll probably get into the college sports soon too because i actually had some success betting college football this year so very nice um, i'm kind of branching out <laughs> how does the cowboy fan in you feel right now about the eagles like do you have to like cart you know, you know put it away just to like keep that fandom away because that could kind of bleed out, could it not? <laughs> um, I mean, I've hated the Eagles my entire life. <laughs> so it's like there's – but the one thing I will say is that as I've gotten older, I've learned to associate sports teams with the city as opposed to the players. Like I, like I always tell people, I became a Cowboys fan because there's no way I'm going to root for Bubby Brister over the like Emmitt Smith and, and Deion Sanders and Michael Irvin. But now it's just like, I see when, when, when Philadelphia teams win, there's such an excitement and you see your family and friends happy. So I kind of wish I was an Eagles fan, but the <laughs> hatred runs too deep. <laughs> are you in on Dak? Where are you on Dak right now? I'm not, I'm okay. not in on Dakota. And I, I think right now, if we had a better quarterback, I could trust this team to make a Super Bowl run, Whoa. but he's throwing interceptions every day, every game. And I just don't trust him at all. It's been a very profitable bet to bet him right now. He's the no, <laughs> he's the most profitable from a plus money and in, in, in just juice perspective in the NFL right now through week 17. If you bet on Dak Prescott, you would have won the most money this year. Quarterbacks throw picks. That's not good. 
for a quarterback. Wow, like yes, him. that's not good at all. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about that a bit, a bit yesterday. You're like, um, Dak Prescott really is a guy you want to bet against when it comes right now. It comes to what he's up to. So, all right. Uh, the big news out today, this morning, is that Demar Hamlin is awake. It mm-hmm. it seems like he. And we're a ways to know this for sure, but at least there is some cognitive function going on with this. This has been a really hard week for guys like you and me because, you know, Mm -hmm. we're talking about betting. The hell does betting matter? (laughs) We're talking about a guy who's been fighting for his life. But when you saw that situation, I mean, how have you followed this story? What has this story been to you? You know, I was like, it's it's so crazy to me because when I was like, at the time, I was like so focused on basketball. Um, and then I saw everybody tweeting about an injury. So I scrolled back on my DVR um, and I'm watching, I'm like, what the hell happened? And then when I saw that he collapsed, I'm like, this is like really, really serious. Um, it's just a really tragic situation. And I just, you know, I'm, I'm, I continue to pray for him. I'm, I'm so glad that he woke up today. Um, but I think, you know, somebody made a, a great point and I retweeted on my timeline the NFL just has to do right by these players. And I think, you know, when he gets over this and, you know, he may never have a career again. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the, that's the thing that's kind of scary. And it's just like, you know, are they going to cover his, a lot of NFL players, they don't have their health insurance covered after they retire. So it's just like, well, yeah, it's five years. You must play in the league for three to get a full pension. And then it's five years. Your health insurance is covered for five years after you're done playing in the league, which is ridiculous because guys have lifelong injuries when it comes to what happens on the football field. But yesterday, the PA did, Trey Vincent did stand up and they said, look, it, we're going to cover anything that he needs, anything DeMar needs. We've got it for the rest of his life. We're going to cover okay. it. So they, I'm, they, I'm really happy to hear that. Yeah, they at least stood up and said, we're doing this because I mean, all this money that's going to his charity to raise, uh, to, to give money for toys in, I think, I believe it's for the Buffalo area that the charity is it's geared towards is raised over $3 million in 72 hours. So like yeah. the NFL has got to step up and say, look at, we you know whatever you might need, because you're right. His career could be, and I didn't realize this till, I mean, we talked to a doctor yesterday, Dr. Dr. Jesse Morse, who's a sports uh, for sports physician, we said, you know, I was like, is he going to be able to play football again? And he was like, this is not a football question. This is a life question. Like, can he yeah. live a normal life? Forget football. I was like, man, yeah. 24 years old. And that's, that's it. That, that's the career could be over. Yeah. And he's only played two years, so he's not even best. Like, so it's just like, I'm just, you know, I'm hoping he makes it through this and I'm hoping, you know, the NFL and the NFL PA does the right thing. And he's, you know, properly taken care of and he can live a normal life. So I'm just praying for him. Yeah, I hope every. I mean, it just it's just so we'll go back to the impact. We, we've got some things going on here with the Bills and the Bengals, what the NFL might be looking to do. We'll get to it here in a second. But I, I, wore, I wore the boxing shirt for you. You and I have talked boxing a lot just to where we are. You're a boxing fan. I'm a boxing fan. Where are you on Jake Paul? Is this guy good for boxing, bad for boxing? What's your take on on Jake Paul's involvement in combat sports? I think he's good for boxing just because I think the biggest thing that you have with a lot of these boxers is they're not selling themselves. You know, like how many people know who Terrence Crawford is right outside of hardcore boxing fans. I mean, this guy, I I, I didn't live in Omaha. I mean, I met bud before Mm -hmm. bud was bud. Like I, 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 in Omaha, we knew about this young kid that was coming up that was going to be a professional. And I remember meeting him when he was young and I was, Mm -hmm. it was just like, and now he's bud Crawford. He's like, Oh my gosh. But yeah, I mean, it's, that's a huge 
knock on the sport, right? I mean, he's one of the greatest. He could go down from the greatest of all time. He keeps on going. And yet he's not talked about nearly as much. And he's not fighting anybody. You know, right. it's like he just fought somebody on BLK. And, you know, I'm cool with Al Heyman's camp. And, yeah. you know, they let me know the, the details of the negotiation. And he basically ghosted them. Yes. You know, like that's when it's always he's just known like, in the boxing world. He's just known for not deciding I'm not doing it. And he wants to fight in Omaha all the time, which I get it. But Omaha's Omaha. Like it's not New York. It's not LA. It's not Vegas. Yeah. It's Omaha, Nebraska. Like it's great. You're going to sell out the Chai Center. Awesome. 18,000 friends and family. That's great. But that's not mm-hmm. what sells the sport or your brand, if you will. If you're and looking like to become Jake bigger. Paul is like, I mean, you got Jake Paul saying, you know what? I'm ready for Canelo Alvarez. People like stuff like that. Fair. <laughs> I mean, he's it's not, crazy, he's not but ready fair. for him, but it's just the fact that you you have a guy who's just willing to sell himself and, you know, it's just attract attention. Anytime you're going to attract attention is good for boxing. So I like it. Yeah, I do too, except I don't like the Canelo call out was crazy. Okay. I mean, that was just ridiculous yeah. and it just shows kind of peace, but he's got eyeballs and attention. This, what happened today. I actually, I wanted to hate this. I watched the whole video this morning. I'm like, man, I want to hate this cat. I want to hate this move. And I can't. So the PFL is here in Vegas all the time. It's the professionals fighters yeah. league. It's the third tier, right? So there's UFC, there's Bellator and there's the PFL. The PFL does a tournament style where the champion wins a million dollars. They have a season essentially like they have Uh brackets and they, they play a full season and they play the playoffs. Jake Paul has now gone to the PFL. He's now going to run their pay-per-view fights, which I'll be very curious to see how that goes, but Mm -hmm. he's now going to fight MMA and he's offered. Oh, wow. He's, he's offered Nate Diaz a two fight deal. The first fight will be boxing. And then six months later, It'll be MMA and they'll do it again. And he's telling fighters, this is what he's telling fighters. If you come to fight with the, uh, with the PFL, you will make 50% of the overall revenue that we bring in, which is wow. Totally different than boxing and incredibly different than what you see with the UFC. They're also going to allow the fighters to make their own, uh, own negotiations with deals and they can wear whatever they want in the, in the, whatever they call it. It's not an octagon, but whatever they fought the cage, you can fight in the cage. Yeah. So you can be sponsored out. You can have every sports book in America, go ahead and throw whatever you want. You know, every offshore book wants to put a tattoo on your back, whatever you want, kind of old school, how MMA used to be. But Jake Paul was a wrestler. He was actually a really good wrestler. I think he mm. might be more success, more successful as a mixed martial artist than he might be as a boxer. Interesting. And I mean, like, I got to give him his props. He's been pretty good. And, you know, you just reminded me, the one thing I hated, and it's not Jake Paul related, right? is that you have all these athletes, whether it's Frank Gore, Adrian Peterson, or Nick Young, make a fool out of themselves boxing. I hate that. At least Jake Paul is actually taking the sport seriously. He's yep. training. He's It's like he's not just some some guy who's just coming in there and playing. Well, he's I mean, look, well, hold on. We, we, let's give his resume fair, though. He started by knocking out guys' bums off the street that they put That's into true. a ring, okay? I hate the way he started, and, and I would say it to his face, that I appreciate that he, he matured. But where he yeah. began, I, I was against him just because of the nonsense he pulled taking some guy off the street and saying, hey, I'll give you a hundred bucks, throw on boxing gloves, let's go box. And he knocks the guy out for YouTube views. That pissed me off beyond all belief. But now he's matured. 
and is going after Dana White again in this video this morning in the wake of Dana White's New Year's Eve slapping his wife scandal, which is really bad for everyone involved with UFC and Endeavor and, Endeavor and everything else. He's got a point, does he not, about the fighter pay? I mean, it's the one thing. Oh, yeah, I think without that a doubt. It resonates with people, right? They're like, wait a minute. These guys are putting their literally their bodies on the line and they could walk into a cage and walk out a different person for the rest of their life. And they're making how much money? $10,000. It's kind of nuts. Yes. Extremely nuts. <laughs> I mean, in the grand scheme of things, I mean, in terms of the UFC deal with the ESPN and everything else. So like, this is, I think Jake Paul gets an audience from people because he's not talking crazy when it's business. Like people hate Jake Paul for a variety of reasons, but as a businessman, you can't knock the guy's hustle, right? I mean, he's, he, 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 he does, he gets attention. Yeah. You can't knock it at all. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm wouldn't call myself a fan, but I mean, I'm enjoying what he's doing. Yeah. Look, I mean, the chat saying Jake Paul's a goof. Yes. Jake Paul's a goof. hundred percent. Jake Paul is a goof, but just because you're a goof doesn't mean you're not smart business wise. And yeah. I don't think he'll ever be an unbelievable. Like if he fought a top 15 middleweight in the UFC, they'll knock him out in 30 seconds. Like it's, it's going to be quick. They'll make fast work yeah. of the guy, but that's not what he's doing. He picks and chooses. And then Nate Diaz, I mean, Nate's washed up. We, Nate's fighting people in the hallway and fighting people out in front of MSG. And like, he's doing his own. I mean, Nate Diaz is Nate Diaz, but I'd watch this fight. I mean, I'd watch an MMA for sure. I'd watch him. I'd watch MMA between Nate Diaz and Jake Paul. Would you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Definitely would watch it. <laughs> just to see. I just want to see if the guy's got any stamina. I, gotta see. I mean, the wrestling background, that's the one thing. The four-ounce gloves and the wrestling background. I don't know. Maybe Jake Paul's a better mma or he, he he went into this wanting to be an MMA. Everybody was like, you'll never you, – you'll get destroyed. Go to boxing because you can fight guys like Anderson Silva and fight guys like you know Ben Askren and washed-up 50-year-old dudes and make a name for yourself. And that's what he's basically done. He's never fought anybody – real in but if he fought for a real like if he fought canelo it would not even be like canelo would be yeah. i feel i'd be scared for jake paul's life yeah he that's that's he's gonna last 30 seconds it's like yeah. the old tyson fights <laughs> yeah it's just not even like bang bang you know two hits one hitting you and two you hitting the floor so it's not going to be you know that's not worthwhile and worth watching but and i do think there's something i mean i think anderson silva literally took a dive and people get mad when i say that but i've watched that fight numerous times now and I don't know what Anderson Silva was doing, but I've never seen somebody run in the way that Silva ran in and not throw a single punch and like, and then get clipped in the last round on a punch that wasn't that hard. So that there's a lot of screwiness that goes on with Jake Paul, but the PFL stuff, that's, that's a business deal. And that I think is worth paying attention to because the one thing that fighters, especially on the upswing fighters are getting more, Ed- educated into their value. It's kind of like the, like the name and likeness thing with college football, right? Yeah. Players are starting to go, Hey, I'm worth, I- I'm worth something. Why am I getting paid 10 K to show and 10 K to win when you guys are making what off of how much money I'm making. So you're mm-hmm. offered 50% of the overall of what your fight could bring in on a pay-per-view that that could be attractive to certain fighters. So uh, mm-hmm. I, it's something to watch for sure. Uh, all right, let's get to the NBA. So the Bulls snapped the Nets 12-game winning streak last night. Are you in or are you out on this Nets team? Where are you on Brooklyn? I'm in on this Nets team. And, look, I don't know if they're going to necessarily win the championship, but I think when you look at this team, last couple weeks, 
they're first in offensive rating. Uh, I think they're scoring about 128 points per one to possessions. And the defense has actually been first in defensive rating as well. So, like, they just have a lot of great pieces around Kevin Durant. I mean, Kyrie Irving, ever since he got dropped from Nike, he's been, like, playing out of his mind. You got role players. I mean, Ben Simmons, he's had his his issues, but he's playing, like, the Draymond Green role. You got shooters like Seth Seth Curry. You got Joe Harris. You got guys coming off the bench. And they're – I mean, Jack Vaughn really has this team playing defense. And I think that's the thing that's – that you got to admire about this team. So I think they can compete with the best teams in the Eastern Conference. So I'm, I am buying this Brooklyn's team. And I actually, I said it on the Bill Simmons podcast last summer that I felt like Kevin Durant wasn't going to get traded and they should take some futures on the Nets. I think I got him at like 14 and 15, 20 to one last summer when everybody thought Kevin Durant was going to get traded. So I am, on, I'm in on this Nets team. Do the pecking order in the East, Boston, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, one, two, three. How do you rank them? I'm going to go Boston, Brooklyn, Milwaukee. I'm out on Milwaukee right now. Really? Is it simply just the injury to Middleton? Well, I've been hearing some, some rumors that, you know, Giannis and Bud really aren't filling each other right now. Oh, Um, Yeah. And then I think the injury to Middleton is an issue, but it's just, this team is not the same. I just think they're a ball handler short. I just don't think that they have enough. I mean, obviously Giannis is probably the best player in the NBA or one of the best players in the NBA um, outside of Jokic and and Luka, but it just feels like this team just doesn't have enough this year. And I'm I'm just, I'm not that impressed with them. So, I mean, even last night, you you saw what they did last night. I mean, they struggled against a a Toronto Raptors team who can't score. You, Mm -hmm. You blow an 18 point leads. I just, I'm out on them. So I would yeah. go Brooklyn. I'm going to be honest with you right now. I might even go Cleveland over Milwaukee. We'll, we'll get, get to the Toronto thing here in, in just one second. But one thing that I like about the nets and I don't like the nets, but I will say this, it's quiet right now around them. Like yeah. a 12 game win streak would be Laker esque, say like two, two years ago. Right. It would be leading yeah. sports center. It would be on the front page of ESPN.com. It would be how good could the Brooklyn Nets be? Is this the time for for Kyrie and Kevin Durant to win a championship? And I felt like it was like, I kept on watching it going like, all right, there's eight, there's nine, there's 10. There's a, I mean, they won to win 12 games in a row. And then they went to, to Chicago last night and, and they lose to the bulls and, and Zach Levine had a great game. But like, I think the less the spotlight is on that team, the more likely it is that they're going to meet, they're going to get to their potential. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. I, it was a total footnote. Like, I mean, between everything going on in the NBA, Donovan Mitchell dropping 70, like Luca dropping 60 point triple doubles, uh, Jokic dropping triple doubles every night. It just feels like it just went totally under the radar. It was like probably like the, the 50th biggest sports story in the last two weeks. <laughs> right. And everything else, it just got kind of buried. And now it's like, huh, which is good for Kyrie Irving. Like there's no debating yeah. what the dude is as a talent. It's just that when the other stuff, when he decides to go into that off the court realm, it just creates nothing but controversy and problems in the locker room. And his players are like, I mean, Kevin Durant just wants to play basketball. It's like, this is play basketball, man. Like, don't worry about that stuff. And I think Jacques Vaughn has been a, a really nice rudder. I thought Ime Adoka was going to get that job. And I thought that defensively, that's why I was nervous. Dave and I spent a lot of time talking about the fact that I was like, man, Ime, I don't know what the guy did or did not do to lose his job with the Celtics, but defensively, that was the biggest switch. 
they became one of the best defensive teams in the entire NBA. We knew what the young bucks offensively could do, but they could stop people. And I'm like, man, if the nets play defense, Oh my. And Jacques Vaughn, at least so far this year, it looks like they're at least wanting to play defense in some situations. Oh yeah. Without a doubt. And I think a big part of that defensive improvement was Claxton. I mean, he's like become like a, a legit, rim protector for this team so right i and then i mean you got guys like sumner coming off the bench who can who can defend so it's just like and then kevin durant like people forget kevin durant is a legit seven footer so right he can he has a lot of length he can cause problems for people so you get him to buy in then everybody else falls in line so you mentioned it and you tweeted about it last night about a bit about toronto so this is where the nba is today because live betting and we'll get to it in just one second about how you can live bet and be successful with the NBA right now. But I mean, this game last night between Toronto and Milwaukee was 90 to 69 with three fifty left to go in the fourth quarter. How, how does that happen? How, I, I mean, how does that game go to overtime? An 18 point lead. Like what, what is that? I'm still dumbfounded and I actually rewatched it this morning just because I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And it was just, and the, the crazy thing was it wasn't just 90 to 69 with three fifty to go. They were up. I think it was, it was nine. What was it? It was like 97 to 81 with like a minute to go. Like it was just like, they were up <laughs> 16 with a minute to go. And it's just, they completely collapsed. I mean, you got a, a three shot foul that turns into a flagrant. So they get six points on one possession. Then you got a foul that wasn't called on the end on, on Bobby Portis. So Bobby Portis probably should have been shooting free throws. Instead, the Raptors get the ball back. It's just a perfect storm. of It's it just the swings in this, the NBA right now are just unreal. Like no lead is safe at any time. No, if you get like, you know, an in-game of plus 20, which happens consistently in the NBA, it seems this season, it's almost like you just blindly fire on it because the team's not going to win by 20, 25 points. They're going to win by 10 and you're going to cover. And then this tweet, I want you to go ahead and to explain. So everybody likes Toronto, but you, you seemed, and I'm with you on this because they are a really weird team. They're 11 and nine at home and they stink on the road, but everybody thinks that Toronto is going to throw the switch and be a team in the postseason. Okay, first things first. This team stinks. Um, <laughs> here's the thing. And I like I have a soft spot in my heart for the Toronto Raptors. You guys know about how I bet the Raptors win the, yep. the, everything like that. But you look at the players on paper. Pascal Siakam is an all-NBA talent. He's playing right. tremendous. Like, if he was on any other team, like, we'd be talking about him, you know, possibly leading this team a, a contender. But he's a great player. Scotty Barnes, rookie of the year, rookie of the year last year. He has all the potential in the world, but he's kind of having like a sophomore slump. You're looking at a guy who really hasn't taken the leap in his sophomore year. Teams don't respect the shooting, so they can play off of him. I love OG Ananobi, great defender, but Fred Van Fred Van Fleet is struggling right now. I mean, he like he's having a horrific season. So you have all of these pieces, but the sum of the parts really isn't adding up. And when you look at this team, they're one of the worst half-court offenses in the league. They're 29th in half-court offense. They're scoring 90 points per one to possession. So if you have a team that can't score in a half-court and relies on transition, but then when you look at their, their defense, 
They're not even like the, the defensive team that they were in the past. And Nick Nurse is playing all these junk schemes where, <laughs> like, look, I'll give you an example. Look at the yeah. play in which Giannis kicked it out for, for a three. Mm-hmm. They all collapsed on Giannis. So right. teams are getting a lot of wide open looks against Toronto, and it's just not working out. Like, look, I think they're 22nd in opponent three-point frequency, and they're 20th in opponent three-point shooting percentage. So it's just like this team's just not good. Mm. But people like the players, and they're hanging on to who they were last year. Yeah, it's interesting to look at their road record, which is awful, which is 5-13. and 13. Yeah. Their home record, which is 11-9. and nine. They're two and seven against the division. They're 11 and 15 against the conference three wins over their last 10 and they're 16 and 22. And they're currently a game out of the play in tournaments. Like it's realistic that the Raptors aren't in the playoffs, right? Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. I think Masai is going to have to blow this up. Wow. Like it's it's just that bad. And I think because people, I think that's the the issue with a lot of NBA fans. They fall in love with players. Look at Brooklyn last year. You see KD and Kyrie. How can they be bad? So you got people betting them night to night, but this is a team sport. This is not, you know, it's not an individual sport. And I think people are doing that with Toronto. You're looking at the individual players and you're not realizing that this team is just not cohesive this year. I mean, if they're going to blow it up, Van Fleet, Barnes, and Siakam would bring back a haul each one, would they not? I mean, I don't, th- I don't think you, I don't think you want to give up Barnes yet. I mean, okay. but I, I think that, to me, there's no reason to keep this roster together as is, especially right. when you have, you know, you have Victor out there. <laughs> like, you have some good players in the draft this year. So, it's just and, – and not saying they could, you know, realistically get Victor, um, but it's just like, I mean, why not? I, I just don't think this team is going anywhere fast. They don't really have anybody other than Siakam who can really consistently get their own shot. And that contract with, with Van Fleet as well is not small. So – yeah. <laughs> they've invested. So if you were somebody that decided to bet against the Lakers, when you heard that LeBron James was taking the Miami flu route, big mm. shock, big shock there. Oh, you, you play, you know, you'd spend overnight in Miami up oh, LeBron James can't play, but man, I was stunned. I didn't bet it, but the Lakers winning without LeBron and without AD and they beat, I mean, what, what, what do you make of that last night? Beating the heat. So I see, I laid Miami minus three and a half at about three in the morning, Eastern standard time. <laughs> I woke up. The line was Miami minus six. And LeBron was announced out. It's minus eight and a half. And I'm like, my bet is dead because right? for whatever reason, isn't that the tra- I, I People don't understand this because I'm with you on this. Doesn't it piss you off when you're, when you're sitting on that much CLV and everyone's like, what the market agrees with you. That's phenomenal. It's like, no man, it's one way action. And I, if I'm making a bet, I want to have some people be opposite. I, I don't like to have, I don't want to run with all the people I want to be. Yeah. You know, I, I want to bet with the number when I'm, when I make a bet and I'm not betting the, the size you bet you're making, but I like the number to stay right where it is. If I bet minus three, I want to wake up the next morning and it's minus three. I don't want to see eight and a half. Then something, then the handicap's all off, right? Yeah, it's, it's just like, you know, it's human nature. LeBron doesn't play. You have a night in L.A. after beating the Clippers. And I, I, I wish I had thought about this before, but it was just like, it was a tough spot for Miami. Like, right. just like anytime you play in those back-to-backs with both L.A. teams, that means you got a night in LA to, to party and celebrate and enjoy life. And then Le- LeBron doesn't play. And now 
you let your guard down, and then before you know it, you're not. It's, it's just the handicap is, is a completely different game, and yeah. now you got other guys stepping up. It's like Schroeder last night, basically saying, "Look, I'm. I used to be a star in this league, so it's it's just it's just brutal, and it's just like for me." I know I've been on the wrong side of Ugh. like closing line value due to injuries and losing those games. So I like, I think for now on, I'm probably gonna start coming back the opposite way. <laughs> I, I don't, I mean, I, I've seen Davis talked to me about that. Cause he loves one of the most popular things on his Twitter feed is the CLV can. And now he found a CLV wall in Vegas because it's city of Las Vegas. So CLV. Yeah. So he, he, <laughs> he puts that everywhere for those who don't know why Dave puts it on his Twitter account. That CLV is city of Las Vegas. We just take it for the sports gambling world and say it's CLV and the tickets go into the trash can because you've got great closing line value and it doesn't matter. He said to me, look, if you lay minus three and the game goes to plus eight and a half or minus eight and a half, you have to bet the other side. Like you have to just create your own middle and just hope that it falls in between because otherwise you're basically asking to get beat, which is what happens all the time to me when I watch these things. And, you know, I, I cannot, it happened with Penn state. I, I, I bet Penn state when it was plus one, it closed at minus two and a half. I was like, this sucks. I don't want to be on Penn state. Everyone's on Penn state. And they're like, and someone was asking me like, why would you be angry about the market agreeing with you? It's like, it's not that it's just, I don't like when people are all on one side. I, I, I want to have differentiating of, of opinions just because that's my handicap. Yeah. You, someone can disagree with me, but I don't like when everyone agrees with me. It scares me. Yeah, it is scary. And I think at some point, it's just like, these are the games in which the books make out on. Um, right. And I see that consistently. So <laughs> yeah. it's like, I want a little, I want a little bit of CLV. Sure. I, I, if I bet three and a half and it closes five, I feel like I did a good job. But, right. you know, if I bet three and a half and then the star players announced out, I, I just, I don't want that type of closing line by you at all. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't mind looking football. I don't mind a half a point, like from three to three and a half. Like if I got ahead of that move or from two and a half to three yeah. and ahead of that move, like, okay, I'm okay with that. But like, if it goes from four and a half to six and a half or seven or something, I'm like, I'm like nope. I'm like, I'm not, I just don't like it. <laughs> I, I always, I always get very concerned and very nervous And basketball being so volatile with the points and free throws at the end and what, you know, meaningless scores. Yeah. It gets to be so, so crazy. And the second it gets to be anywhere near seven, eight, nine in the NBA, I start to get very concerned. Like it's now it's a three possession game. Yeah, that's 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 rough. Um, the Warriors are a team that we spend a lot of time talking about, and I want to get your take, Raheem, on the Warriors because they are they just lost at home to the Pistons last night, mm-hmm. seventeen and three at home. Now they are horrifically bad on the road. But this homestand, they've been pretty good. This is, I believe, the first loss on this long homestand that the Warriors have been on, and they lose on last second three to the upstart Pistons. Are the Warriors a a dangerous basketball team in your mind? Where are you on the Warriors? I think they're extremely dangerous. Um, And I know they're struggling on the road, but I think this stretch without Curry has been, it's probably been the best thing that ever could have happened to them. When you look at the starting lineup, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, Kevon Looney, they have – they're one of the best starting lineups in the league mm-hmm. in terms of point differential. I think they're plus 23.1, scoring 130 points per one possessions, giving up 107. The issue for this team has always been the bench. But if you got Steph Curry out, you got other guys stepping up and, you know, making a name for themselves. Dante DiVincenzo. Now, I know Jordan Poole, hasn't been the best right now, but I just think if they can shore up that bench, 
Um, Jonathan Kaminga, right now, I mean, defensively, he 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 is a piece for them. Um, now, obviously, Wiseman has been a boss. It's unfortunate, but I think when it comes down to it in the playoffs, you're not playing the benches as much. You're playing more the starters. So if you have one of the best starting lineups in the league, I think it comes down to it. You're fine. So. I think this this Warriors team is still dangerous. It's weird to me though because look, they're three and sixteen on the road. That's with Curry, so it's not yeah. like it's not like oh well. Well, when Curry comes back, they're going to be better on the road. Like at home, being seventeen and three, and then being three and sixteen on the road, is it just they don't care? Like I I, I can't explain it. Can you explain how a team can be this dominant in their home building and awful on the road? Yeah, this is very inexplicable for me as well. Um, I don't know if we've ever seen like home road splits this poor ever. Um, well, the one champ, thing I have, we've never seen it with a defending champ. The one thing that I've noticed this year, it feels like home foot of home court advantage has increased a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think I have it at like almost four points this year. Wow. Um, yeah, whereas Two like in the past. Yeah, in the past, I think it was about th- I think last year it was like three. Okay. Um, it's closer to four this year. There's like here's a stat for you. There's only six teams in the NBA with a positive point differential on the road. Right. Now we we've talked Next. about it. R- laying points on the road in the NBA is a fool's errand right now. Like you I I I when I when I scan the board, if a road favorite's there, I just kinda I skip by it. I'm like, I'm not betting I'm not laying points on the road. No way. Yeah, you 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 really can't lay points on the road at this point. I mean, it's the Knicks, the Nets, the Cavs, the Celtics, the the, the Sixers, the Clippers, and the Pelicans. And at Ooh. one point, it was like four. <laughs> and so the margins are really small, right? It's, it's not like they're like way above. It's like five, six points above, right? On the positive. Yeah, I mean, like I think the high. It's not even five, six points. I mean, the Knicks, their point differential on the road is two point two. Sure. And they're the best in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, if you're betting road favorites in the right now good luck to you because it is it is not even bad teams are winning against good teams at home like the rockets are beating the warriors type of stuff it's just like wait what how did this happen how is it i mean the celtics have looked we'll get them in a second the celtics have been horrible on the road again i mean they go to oklahoma city as 11 point favorites they lose the game they give up 150 points in that game to the with no set with no side go you know, just alexander right SGA's like out. Your best players, you still give up 50, 150. Like, it's just it, it, inexplicable. I mean, it's just, it, it's, the, this is the dog days of the NBA. We're past Christmas. We're into January. We're n- no one's really focusing yet because football is still going and the playoffs are going on. So people, I, that's how the Nets can win 12 games in a row and nobody talk about it. And it's under the, it's under the radar. It's like, these are the times where LeBron sits out for no damn reason. He's just like, eh, I don't want to play. So I'm not going to play. It's an illness. So I'm, you know, I'm not going to play. This is betting the NBA right now. I mean, this is tough, is it not? This is a hard time to bet the NBA. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm probably having my worst NBA season ever. Like, it's just, it's just the swings of the, like the swings are just unreal. Like, I mean, like I watched the Sacramento Kings versus the Atlanta Hawks last night. Three minutes to go. Hawks are up 111-104. They had just gone on like a 9-0 run or something like that, or 7-0 run to to basically. It looked like they're gonna ice the game. They give up a 13 to 2 run. <laughs> so they're down four. The Hawks come, they're down four with a minute to go. Hawks end up winning that game by three. 
So it's just the swings. I mean, the the, the three point shooting, the um, the, the turnovers. It's just it's such it's, it's a so much. There's so much more variance when it comes to the NBA now that I mean, it's a tough sport to beat. Absolutely, it's really tough. So last night, I want to get your take on this. What mm-hmm. Jod did to the Hornets is not illegal. Let's make it perfectly clear: it is not illegal. But I'll ask you. Was it disrespectful for Jot to not touch the basketball for 27 seconds in a blowout, but he just left the ball right at his feet and he waited to see if anybody would come over and guard him. The shot clock does not start until he takes possession, but the game clock runs. So this was the NBA's version of a running clock because the game was essentially over. Memphis was going to win the game, but was this disrespectful by Ja? So you're a Boston Celtics fan. Of course. Um, and I know you've probably noticed it, but they've been doing this all year. All like, year? So, uh, Marcus yeah. Smart does it. Yes. Yeah. Marcus Smart does it from time to time. Yep. But it's, it's the thing. And But the thing, the difference between this was that they do this at the end of the game, like in the fourth quarter, with like less than five minutes to go. John Morant did this in the third quarter. <laughs> it's like... I'm not mad at it. It's just come get it. Sharp move, (laughs) but it's just like how early he he did it was just like okay, wow. (laughs) And it's not illegal. I mean, they Memphis won the game one thirty one to one oh seven. All right, this game was not close. This was an absolute rout. And so it's essentially just again, it's it's the NBA's version of the running clock. He took twenty seven seconds off the game clock before the shot clock started because he didn't touch the basketball. So the game ball goes in, they rolls it in. He just stood as the picture says on the screen, he's up the frow line with the ball at his feet. And he's just like, anybody want to come guard me? And if nobody guards him, the, 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 all of the clock, the, the, get the ball over half court, eight second call, all that, all that doesn't start until he touches the basketball. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I absolutely loved it. I think it's an incredibly sharp move. And I just, I mean, it's one of those things to where it's just like, if you can just, you're basically safe, you're load managing in game. (laughs) You are absolutely. Yeah. You're keeping track of your own energy. You're not going to get tired and you're just going to run the clock. And you're like, um, this game's over guys. You know, it's over. We know it's over. We've won. The clock's got to get to triple zero so we can move on and go somewhere else. So let's just keep this thing going. It's like a pickup basketball game move. It's just like, I don't really want to be here. So let's, let's go fast. When I watched it, I was like, wow, he actually just did that. And I don't know in the locker room. I wonder how the Hornets received that. If, if a veteran kind of stood up and said, guys, you know what he just did to us was he was clowning us. Like we can't let that the, happen. The, the fact that the announcer were like, you know, what are y'all doing? And nobody like <laughs> nobody noticed it. None <laughs> of the players were just like, they just were just sitting there until Terry Rosier comes up. So it says a lot about the, the competition and that, that, that Hornets locker room, that yes. you know, the competitiveness is just frustrating. Not there yet. Yeah, that's I to, to me. Yeah. Ja, fine. You could say it was disrespectful or it was a really interesting, savvy move knowing the rule book or whatever. But to me, it was like, wait a minute. If you're a Hornets veteran, you got to be f- like seriously frustrated about this. Like you're getting your ha- your butt handed to you on your home court. And this guy is just going to make it. So 
we're not even worried about it. We don't need the clock guys. We want to move on. Like, we're just going to like, let's get it over with. Come on now. It's like a zoom call that you want over. Like, can we wrap this up, please? I don't need to be here right now. I got somewhere else to be. You guys aren't really my competition. You're on on my level. You think Michael Jordan took that personal? Oh man. I mean, that's what I mean. Like that's where someone picks up the phone and they're just, there's like, what the hell is going on in that locker room that you guys let Ja do that? No one wants to play basketball. Nobody wants to go and play guard. No one wants to guard the guy. You don't want the basketball. He's literally doing it like, you know, when your big brother comes and plays, you know, 21 and knockout against you. It's like palming the ball and like putting it on your head and passing it around you. Like he's literally making fun of you going, I'm not worried at all about anything you guys are going to do. So come get the ball guys. I, I, I think it just shows to me the difference in where the Grizzlies are and where the Hornets are. And the Grizzlies are playing for something and the Hornets are just kind of playing the string out and trying to get to the draft next year and keep this rebuild going again for another year for, for Charlotte. I, I, I mean, Ja is so fun, but this yeah. was really cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this, that was. this was really cool. Um, before we get to the games tonight, where are you on Paulo? He's minus 600 to win the rookie of the year. It's pretty much like his award. Like he's going to win this thing. But he's doing some silly stuff right now. His numbers are ridiculous. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, 21 points, six, almost seven rebounds, four assists. I mean, he's he's playing really well. So it's just like the only competition that we felt like he had was probably Chet. And, you know, he he was out for the season, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's his award to win. So I, I think six, minus 600 is probably short, to be honest with you. It's, yeah, minus 600. I think the next closest is plus 850. So he's I mean, already a runaway with the rookie of the year here in January. But some of the numbers that he's putting up are just silly. And you start going like, wait a minute. Not look, it's way too early to call this guy a generational player. Right. But the numbers in the you know, I mean, he's since the merger, the only other rookies to reach 600 points, 200 rebounds and over 120 assists in their first 31 games or Larry Bird and Magic Johnson? R- really? Allen yeah. Iverson didn't do it? No. <laughs> wow. I mean, we're talking, he's just doing some, he's, he's got 652 points, 208 rebounds, and 123 assists. I mean, both did it in 1979 and 1980. Since the merger of the ABA and the NBA, two rookies did it in the same year, and it's Larry and it's Magic, and now it's Paolo. That's I'm a, having trouble believing Iverson didn't do that. That's insane. So that, that, I, I mean, that says a lot to me. It's like, okay, this kid, you start doing stuff like that. We start mentioning you with those guys. And it's, you're playing in a market that nobody talks about and no one's paying attention at all. But I'm now, I mean, I've been more, a little more invested in the magic after what they did to Boston. And I'm kind of like, um, huh, <laughs> this kid, yeah. I mean, the team might suck, but this kid's worth watching. This kid's worth paying attention to for the rest of the year. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, and the one thing about that Magic team is they had so many injuries. It just feels like you never really know who's playing night to night. I mean, between Suggs and um, Fultz, it's just – it's always like Wendell Carter's always banged up. So we're yeah. not even seeing the full potential with his team. And he's putting up numbers like this. It says a lot. Yeah, I, I, you know, they're 14 and 24 right now. Like you mentioned, they're banged up, but they, they got a piece. I mean, they got a guy they, 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 they got a guy to build around and they got a guy to, to, to watch. And unfortunately, I mean, look, I don't know. Orlando's a weird market. It's, it's a little bit, 
it's, it's, you know, it's smaller than new Orleans, new Orleans at least has the saints, but like, these are the small NBA markets that I feel like the team has to be good. Like Sacramento, the Kings have got to be good. Like if you're not yeah. good, people don't really, it's not a big enough market that people are going to go and watch bad teams. Right. It's, yeah. it's so then, then they're not on national TV. You know, they're not on TNT. They're not getting the primetime games. They're not getting Christmas. They're not getting the holidays. And then you forget that there's this insane player that's playing for the magic. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, it, it is it's, it is a weird market, but it, for whatever reason, they always seem to just have the number one pick, and they always have like a a star there that the league wants to see. So, right, um, I think Orlando's probably they they seem passionate about their basketball. Like I actually do a radio hit in Orlando every nice. Wednesday, right? Doing it for like the last two years. So, I mean, they always ask me about the Magic, and they're they're really passionate. So, is it a betting? Is it a betting hit? Because <laughs> Orlando's not yes. bad to, to to bet on. They haven't been that bad of a team to bet on. They yeah, play hard. but they play I mean, hard. I just, like, to me, they just don't seem like they're not like a, a small market team. Like they're not like Sacramento. I mean, Sacramento's like pretty good this year, but right. they're not like some of the bottom feed feeder teams. Like Orlando is like. I, well, I respect they, they've had success, right? I mean, they've seen what it means yeah. to have a good team. So they've got, you know, I, I grew up watching Penny and Shaq and I, I remember the magic were good. I remember when they, when they were dominant in the East. And so the people, you know, I'm 45. So the people who are my age, who grew up watching those magic teams on you know, the blue, the, the, the black pinstripes and the blue, the blue jerseys. So people remember that. And they're like, we used to be good. And now we got a player that might actually get us somewhere and might actually do some things. And then they go out and they play like they did last night. I mean, look, Bull Bull is interesting. Paulo is going to be, I think, phenomenal. They've got decent players that could, like you mentioned, you know, Mobamba is a guy who could step up. Markel Fultz might be the biggest bust of all time, one of, but they've got decent backcourt talent if they can stay healthy. They're just not staying yeah. healthy. Yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate, but yeah, it's got to stay healthy. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I, I know there's no betting in Florida. The chat's like, you can't bet in Florida. I know you can't bet in Florida. Doesn't mean people aren't betting in Florida. So here I mean, is, they were, they had, they had it, they had it briefly and then they, they took it away. Yeah, which like, is like two days. And they're like, Oh yeah, by the way, all those bets. Yeah. Yeah. Forget about all those bets that you cashed. It's all, you know, head fake. We didn't actually do it. Um, here is the interesting game of the night. I, I do this thing on the show, Raheem called the WTF line of the night. And this is it. I'm a Celtics fan. The Boston Celtics on the road right now are a fade. And yet they are going to Dallas tonight on TNT to play with Luca on the court. He's playing Boston's laying two and a half points against a Mavericks team. That's won seven games in a row. We talked about it earlier road favorites in the NBA death to bet on. Can you back Boston tonight? Cause I can't, I can't at all. Um, and this is for numerous reasons. For one, you know, I've always had this. Well, it's not necessarily a theory, but if you look at the Dallas Mavericks at home on national TV games, they perform really, really well. And they hit like, the under. I mean, and they're an under machine. Yeah. Also, my model actually makes this game Dallas minus one. I have it 115, 114. So my model likes Dallas in this spot. And then I think Luca's like performed historically well against this this um, Celtics team. Now, one thing I will say is I, I mean I do have kind of like a mutual friend of Tatum. Um, apparently, Michael Jordan told him that Luca owns him, 
So I do Ooh. think the Celtics will be motivated <laughs> by this game. Well, how about five? they gave up 150 points their last game? They better be motivated. They gave that whole big press conference. You had Missoula coming out there saying, this is life. You go through some bleep. You know, you have to, have to go through all the problems. This is what happens. But Dallas is 13-23-2 ATS. Yes, that's awful. They're 7-11-2 at home ATS. Yes, that's awful. And over this seven-game winning streak that they're currently on, they've only covered three times. So even though they've won seven in a row, they're three and four ATS. Well, where Boston hasn't covered in their last three games, they lost to Denver by 12, Oklahoma City by 33 as 11-point favorites and three-and-a-half-point favorites. So it's like rinse and repeat, right, where you've got a Boston team on the road. The models tell the books, make Boston the favorite. Open it to the pros bet it to two and a half. And I'm just scratching my head going, I don't know, guys. Luca on national TV might go off on one. And I wouldn't want to be holding a Celtics ticket if that happens. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. And you look at the Dallas Mavericks, last 10 games, they've been starting Christian Wood. They're seven and three with Christian Wood starting. Um, last 10 games, Christian Wood's averaging 21 and nine on 54, 39, and 80 splits with 2.7 blocks per game. So, Christian Wood and Luka Doncic together. I mean, it's been it's been a great combination, and I'm I'm glad that Jason Kidd is finally taking him out the doghouse. I know he probably didn't want to start Christian Wood because of his defense, but right. at the end of the day, offensively it works. Did this line go to three? I think this line's down to three. This line's three. Yep, this line's three. I don't understand wow. this, and this now it's three. So even more money coming in on Boston. This number keeps on climbing. I mean, look, I. I could be dead wrong here, okay? My team may go out there and ball, and Tatum could have a 50-point night tonight, okay? If you're right that somebody told Tatum, if Jordan told Tatum, by the way, Luca owns your ass, you better go and do something about it. Okay, I, I'm, I'm here for it. I, I want to watch it. I want to see how Boston responds to the blowout. But, like, you know, at home, Dallas has been an over team this year. They're 13-7 to the over. Boston on the road is an under team, 6-11-1. But historically, in big games with the Mavericks, I tend to bet, last year I bet them under all the time. I still would lean towards the under in this game at 232 just because I think Boston will play defense and try to slow the tempo down and not let Luka go crazy and get their defense set. But, I, I mean, going forward, where are you on the Mavericks? Are they a legitimate threat? I won't say that they're a legitimate threat, but I think the one thing when it comes to Luka is that when you look at the team that he lost playoff series to, he lost to the Clippers twice, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. They were the title favorites. Right. And then he lost to the Golden State Warriors. So he's not an easy out. Hell of a series last year. (laughs) He's just not an easy out when it comes to the playoffs. And I think the one thing that's, that's clear to me is that this, this Mavericks team, they've always played at a really slow pace, mm-hmm. but they are always been hyper-efficient. So that's going to remain true in the playoffs. When the, when the game slows down and you can't get out there in transition, Lucan can find a way to get efficient offense. Now, I don't think this is a championship team. I think mm-hmm. they're, they messed up not re-signing Jalen Brunson. We, we see what he's doing in New York, but I still think they're going to be a tough out for anybody. And I was talking to somebody about this yesterday. If they were to play the Memphis Grizzlies, who everybody is high on, and I'm really not, I'm taking the Mavericks to win that series outright. What's the line? I'm going to say Memphis probably minus 130 to win that series, 125? Yeah, probably higher than that. And I'm going to be honest with you, 
I would I would lay Dallas minus one and a half on a series line. Oh, you like him to win it in six? I like it. I look, Luca yeah. is just so insane to watch. It's just he needs us, he needs a Robin. Like he's he's yeah. a Batman. You know, I was watching I was watching Nick Wright the other day, and I thought he made a really interesting point about the types of players in the NBA that we've got right now where we don't have the same type of tandems like we used to, because Giannis doesn't have a Robin. Luca doesn't have a Robin. And it's like, these guys are generational players. Now, obviously Giannis has the ring. Luca does not yet, but like at some point they got to get their help. Like you got to give them someone to go and contend with because it's almost like not fair to them having to carry a whole franchise on their back. Yeah. Without a doubt. I mean, and I'll, I'll say that Giannis kind of had a Robin in, in Middleton. Middleton right now, right. So now, many, yeah. Right but now right now, it's just, yeah. it's just, it's just him by itself. I think, you know, Giannis is pretty fed up with that. And, you know, Luca has nobody. I mean, I look at Luca like a wealthy man's heart. Um, you know, they both just tremendous passing ability, tremendous scoring ability, can run these heliocentric offenses where they're the, the, the total hub for everybody. But, I mean, Luca's never even had a team as good as those, those hard Rockets teams. So, it's, mm. I mean, it's unfortunate. Chef Benny man in the chat. He's saying he wants to do a Boston parlay Bruins against the Kings tonight and the Celtics against the Dallas Mavericks tonight. I do not recommend that play. My friend, I'm sorry. I cannot, I, I, I do not subscribe to Boston winning this game tonight. I, I think Dallas wins the game outright. And I think Boston, we've seen it where they've lost five or six, a couple of, well, a week and a half ago, yeah. they can do all the talk they want in the post game press conference. They gave up 150 points in their last game to the Oklahoma city thunder without SGA not buying them in Dallas tonight. Sorry. That's it's just way. Yeah, I'm not buying it. I mean, last four, last five games against this, the Celtics team, the Mavericks are four and one. So Ooh, I, straight I up or, or ATS or straight, straight up, straight up. Yeah. I, I, I think I, I, <laughs> I take Dallas tonight. The other NBA game before we get to football is the nuggets at home tonight, laying five to the Clippers and what could be a Western conference finals preview Denver. 14 and three at home straight up this season. Can the Clippers cover this five point line? I think they can, but it's just, I mean, the the tough thing about the Clippers is just, you don't know who's going to play night to night. I mean, Kawhi Leonard is is out there. Actually, I think Paul George is a little banged up too. He has like a hamstring strain. So I kind of want to stay away from it. Like, if Paul George is not playing, mm-hmm. but I think if they have everybody, they're capable of, of covering this number. Um, the Clippers are just a, such a weird team though. I mean, they're one of the best defensive teams in the league, but I mean, offensively, they just don't have the table setters that you need around Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. They take a lot of tough shots at any given time. They kind of can just, they can go on a five minute drought where they're not scoring. So this is kind of a stay away from me, especially with Paul George and his hamstring injury. But I, yeah, I, yeah. The number tells George is is a game time decision, but some books have already gone to six. So my gut says that George is out tonight. And yeah, I mean, this is Boston, Indiana, Miami. Last three games for the Clippers: one sixteen, one ten loss, one thirty one, one thirty loss, one ten, one hundred loss. And now here against this Nuggets team, they've won two of three beating Miami, beating Boston. And then they somehow lost to the Timberwolves 124, 111 in their last game, which is a little bit of a head scratcher for, for Denver. And they are, they can do that where it's like, wait, what happened to Denver? Who did they lose to? But it's on the road that it happens, not really at home. 
they're another one of these teams where you look at their splits. They are not a completely different team on the road, but they're, they're very different. They're 10 and 10 on the road. They're 14 and three at home. I don't say like you blindly back them, but if you're doing money line parlays, nuggets being a part of it, not a bad bet, right? Yeah. And yeah, not a bit, not a bad bet at all. And I think that was a bad spot for the, for the Timberwolves. They come off a 123, 111 win against the Celtics on Sunday. And then you got to go on the road. You got to play the Minnesota Timberwolves. I guess the motivation wasn't there. And that was their third game in four nights. So I think they get back on track tonight. All right. So let's get to some football here. And we're what we're seeing from the, I just want to double check and see if we've officially seen this from the NFL about what they're doing with the Bengals game. Um, It, the seeding going into week 18 is a big, big problem. Uh, And profootballtalk.com is reporting that, um, the game most likely will not be played. The players do not want to play it and that there is no good way to fit it into the schedule. So if we're not making this up, what do we do? How do we handle this? Because so I've heard, I've heard a couple of different rumors. So my guy Stucky from the action network said yep. that they were talking about the number one C either having the choice between home foot advantage or a buy. I've heard that they could add an eighth team to the playoffs, which was like, and then eliminating the bye week. Like it's like, I've just heard all types of stuff. Like, so it's they would just, add really a know. team to the playoffs and make the one seed play. So that's the first time I've heard that. That is whack. Wow. As a Patriot fan, I'm not really, I'm, I, I'm not really, angry about it to be quite honest um so the standings wise man how would they figure that out because it would be a tiebreaker for the eighth seed it would be between pittsburgh miami and the patriots so one of those three teams would get in because the seven seed if the patriots were to win they would get in but then oh but then the jets would be alive if that would be the case, the seven and nine Jets would not be eliminated. The Jets would be alive for the eight seed. Yeah. I, oh I just, my god! It's so weird. It just it feels <laughs> like I, I like I don't know. I think that was like total speculation. That's what pro football. I mean, not pro yeah, football. Yeah, no. I mean, I think we're all there. Everything. Everyone's throwing stuff at the wall right now. I think the most logical way they're going to do it is they're going to use like they did back during COVID, and they're going to use win percentage, and that's how they're going to determine who the one seed is in the in the AFC, which royally screws the Ravens because the Ravens would have yeah, a chance I'm, to win the division. That's what I'm concerned about. I, I have Ravens division tickets. Me too. So, <laughs> and then yep. also I actually, I mean, I have Patriots, no playoffs futures. Oh, so I needed the bills to win that game on Monday night because I need them to have something to play for on Sunday. And now it's like that line's coming down. So it's like, there's so many like implications and yeah, it was you know, the 10, interesting- it's seven. Now it, it, it's dropped dramatically. Yeah. So it's just like, there's so many things because the tie like- oh, people are saying like, make it a tie, right? So if you rule the game, a tie that also screws the Ravens, like, because then the Ravens can't win the division. So th- th- that's the problem that if you sit there and say, okay, the Bengals were up seven to three, so just say the Bengals win the game. Well, that's not fair. All right, we'll just rule the game a tie. Well, that's not fair because they're screwing the Ravens. And then if you say, okay, it's a no contest, nothing happens. This is a game never got played. Okay, 
but then the chiefs are the one seed. Like you just, you're handing the chiefs the one seed. <laughs> so there's yeah, no real good way of doing no that. Contest, don't the, don't the Bengals win the AFC North? Yes. Correct. You're <laughs> handing the North, you're screwing the Ravens. You're giving the North to the Bengals and you are giving the one seed to the chiefs. Yeah. This it's is a like- mess. It's an absolute mess. There's no good way of, or fair way. The best thing I heard this yesterday on the show, and we were talking about this yesterday and it's an interesting thought. Like we have a bye week between the Super Bowl and the AFC and NFC championship games, right? You yeah. could move everything back and you could give everyone a bye this weekend and you could play on Monday night, a week later, you just replay bills, Bengals and yeah. start everything a week later. So you get everyone in now injuries and whatnot teams get healthier and in, 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 you know, tickets and things of those nature, the availability of the stadiums and whatnot all come into play. But if we were doing this in a bubble setup where we were all in one place, the fairest yeah. way of doing this would be just to take up that bye week and just say, okay, screw the pro bowl and forget everyone. You know, let's just play all the way through the playoffs. I mean, cancel the pro. Like who cares about the pro bowl? Cancel right. the pro bowl. Cancel that week. <laughs> right. And just play that weekend and just, and just have that weekend be not there and just go ahead and cancel everything and play it out. So that I think, I mean, Vegas people here would be pissed off about that, but I don't think anybody else would. And yeah. I, I mean, th- th- that to me, seems like we were talking about it a bit yesterday and I was like, all right, that seems doable, but I don't think they're going to do it. I, I think what they're going to do is just say the game's a no contest because I still have two bets outstanding that have not been refunded yet from that game. So I'm wow, they still have a refund. That's that's crazy. Here in Vegas, I don't know. I I have two outstanding bets and I have not got re- refunded on either one. So wow, and that's because the game has not been officially ruled out. Because what if they rule it? I have I have a bet on the under, and I have a bet on um, and I have a bet on the on, on the Bengals plus one. So like. If they rule it like, okay, game over seven, three Bengals win under cashes and I win, I win both my bets. <laughs> so they don't want to the, grade my bets yeah, yet. Don't they have like seven days? Like what book is this? Circa. Oh, interesting. Okay. 55, 55 uh, minutes is what the rule is. The house rule is the game must go 55 minutes. It hasn't gone 55 minutes, but if it got re if it got restarted, I think mm-hmm. they would have, I think it's seven days. So they would have till next Monday to restart the game. So they played it this weekend. Mm-hmm. It could, they could essentially kick it back in and say the best live and say, you have action, go ahead. So 55 minutes, that's the problem. That's why the bet will be voided. Both bets will be voided on the 55 minutes. And then uh, the one week in the same venue, if they change venues that also would void the bet. But if they picked it back up again in Cincinnati before Monday, I would have action on both bets. Wow. So, you know, and like the underrated, I think the underrated um, implication is of, of this game, not having action or being no contest is that there are certain sports books where you have to play 17 games for win tickets to be valid. How about this? All player props season win totals are now voided. Wow. They're all voided. All Josh Allen passing props, all, uh, Joe Burrow, all Jamar Chase, all voided because you have to play That's 17 games. Yep. You, you have to play 17 games. So from a sports book perspective, this is horrific for them. And it's why they're just sort of like sitting back, I think in Vegas, at least they're like, wait, 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 we got so much yeah, money I, I, sitting definitely here. Definitely the Vegas books. Yeah. They're going like, wait, because wait, the, wait. The retail shops, like the retail shops, like FanDuel and DraftKings, 
the one thing that they do, and I think this this gives them an advantage, is that they actually pay out when things are clenched. Yeah. So I think the Bengals and the Bills already went over there. One total, you already paid people out. And that's what they do now. I mean, but like the Vegas books, like yeah. they say, and I don't blame them. They're like, well, that's not really bookmaking. Okay, that's not how we do it. We do it where when, yeah. the, when the year is over, we take a look at all, yeah. the, we hit the button and we grade it all and then we pay everybody. But we're not yeah. paying you, you know, if somebody, if you set their win total, you know, at eight and they're at nine yeah. on, on December 30th, we're not paying you right now. We're going to pay you when the year is over. Like when we grade everything else, we'll take the money and give the money both. But now this is with the digital side of things and these sportsbook apps. It's just, duh, 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 duh. okay, you're, you're good. And, and, you're paying. and customers prefer that. Obviously they want to get paid fast. They don't want to be war. They, they don't want to be waiting for their money, but Vegas is not like that. <laughs> and Vegas doesn't yeah. play that game. So that's the interesting. I mean, it's going to be very interesting to see what the NFL does and then what the ramifications are, because it's going to impact all the books. It's not just Vegas books. Because yeah. your season-long player props, your season win totals for both those teams are a hundred percent going to be impacted and hammered, and that's going to suck. Because if you're sitting on a, a ticket, a winning ticket, and it's like, man, I, I I bet it in August, we're in January, and now I get nothing, and now it's no action, and the bets refunded. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's devastating. <laughs> Brutal. Absolutely brutal <laughs> on this. So the Patriots are catching seven, like we mentioned. The Bengals are laying seven against the Ravens. The games not might not matter, like we mentioned. Can you bet either one of these games? Um, I, I think you can you can grab the the, the the Patriots right now. Um, but I think until we find out what's what's going to happen, I don't I don't know how you approach it for the most part. I'm, this is impossible. This is, here's the problem I've got too. Cause I'm, this is my, I had this whole big plan. Cause you mentioned you have the ticket on the Ravens. So I have a plus 200 ticket on the Ravens to win the division. Right? So yeah. I bet the Bengals because it, I essentially hedged and going like, all right, well, the Bengals win this game. I have a plus 200. So I, so I basically bet half, half the money that I'm going to win back with the Ravens on the Bengals. And then if the Bengals had lost, I would do it again when the Ravens played the Bengals this weekend. And I would have been, I would just, you know, right out of my bet. I would have made, I would have been flat or made money. I would have been fine. Now with this either tie this, you know, the situation where they're going to hand the division to the Bengals. Now I'm out. So not only am I out of the bet that I made on the, on the Bengals on Monday night, now I'm going to lose the Ravens bet because of the way the NFL is going to do this. So, I mean, the Ravens are going to rest Lamar, right? I mean, he, why would they play him? Yeah. Did they, I mean, other than I don't think they even play him for the division. Like, it, I, really? mean, so I just think, I mean, I mean, why would you? I mean, is it worth well, it's a home game in the playoffs? I mean, it, it's on the road, true. so it's either going on the road or playing at home. But I, it, it's weird because we haven't gotten any news about Lamar, and that's problematic. Like, the one thing I will say about that Bengals game is that I, I know somebody who's doing like a correlated parlay. Okay. So the Ravens Bengals game is at 1 p.m. Yep. They're going to be taking a Bengals Broncos money line parlay because if the Ravens aren't playing anybody and the, and the Bengals are just, you know, just going out there and playing. Okay. The Bengals win that game, then the Chargers have no reason to play. 
it's like it's pretty much a meaningless game as far as like seeding. So you got Chase Daniels out there. So I know somebody who's doing that parlay, Bengals Broncos money line parlay. But as Bengals far as Broncos. It's so interesting because we because the early games into the late games. So the games that have significance, Saturday Chiefs Raiders, obviously. Titans, yeah. Titans, Jaguars. We'll get to both those games in a second. Dolphins at home, Steelers at home. Um, these are all the early games on Sunday. Patriots and the Bills, Ravens, obviously, in the Bengals, and then the afternoon games, Eagles, Giants, doesn't matter. So I lined 14. Rams, Seahawks. If the Rams beat the Seahawks, that could matter. That could factor in. Yeah. Chargers, Broncos doesn't matter. Interesting. So then they just what raise their way. They just pull everybody off because they don't need it and they're on the road and they're like, just get ready for the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I could see Herbert. it. Yeah. I, I mean, there's, there's going to be, there's going to be certain coaches that it's just, they may throw their starters out there for a half, but Chargers don't have anything to play for right now. Interesting. All right. So week 18, do you bet this or are you going to do what everyone else is like me going to do? We're just betting contract incentives. Whoever can just go to the player prop market and bet on players to make their money. Um, I may do some teasers. I think, okay. you know, it's, it's always a good time to do some teasers, but right. you know, I think the one thing that I like to bet for week 18 is that I like to take teams who are out of the playoffs versus teams who are trying to make the playoffs. So you have those teams that are trying to make the playoffs. They're covering only like 41% of the time. Who are trying to make the playoffs. Trying to make the playoffs versus teams who are already eliminated. Interesting. Why? House money? They just don't care? They can throw caution to the wind? No, no. So it's like this. So teams like so like you got the, the Steelers versus the Browns. Yep. You're like you typically get an inflated number when you have an eliminated team taking on a team who's already made the playoffs. So like the, the Steelers need to win in a must win game. I like to fade those teams in must win games. Interesting. They only cover about 41% of the time. So, so I this think, is the Dolphins, you know, Steelers. Um, who else? Maybe the Lions. Maybe the Lions just because if yep. the Seahawks win, the Lions are already eliminated. And you're going to see that line go up to about seven. So it's like you can have some good correlated parlays where let's just say you take the – you could take you could take a Rams Lions parlay, oh, or you could take a Seahawks Packers parlay. Packers parlay. If the Seahawks win, yeah. If the Seahawks win, that Packers line is going to go up to six or seven. But if the Rams win, that line is probably going to come down. It's an interesting point. So you can get if you do the the Lions and the Rams parlay is nine to one. If you do the Packers. And the Seahawks parlay, that's minus 110. So, yeah. but those numbers will be, you won't get that at minus 110 going into Green Bay. Cause, like you mentioned, the Green Bay line is going to spike and probably turn into a 10 point line. That's like, if you like Green Bay, you got to bet Green Bay now. Like, you can't wait. You got to bet them now just because that number is going to fly. It's the last game of the day. Everything's going to roll into it. It's the last regular season game of the day. And if it's Aaron Rodgers, who only needs a win to get in, and the Lions are going to be completely deflated if they know they're not playing for anything out, yeah. outdoors in the cold of, of Green Bay. 
they're going to want no part of that dome teams. not going to want to go out there and get their head kicked in and, and, and have to go after loose balls and put their body on the line. That's a business decision game for the lions to say, yeah, I think we're good. Yeah. I think we're good. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of really interesting contract incentives, incentives that everybody is jumping in on. And, and I totally understand this is how I'm going to do it too. I think everyone's going to be very, um, right now people are scouring everyone's, contract saying okay who does it matter for whom and how could you potentially get money there's a couple that i want to throw at you really quickly here which is interesting patrick mahomes needs 430 yards to set a record for the, i think it's the most passing yards uh, for, uh in either the chiefs history or it's it might be chiefs history raiders stink mahomes averages 323 yards per game against the Raiders over the last three seasons, his prop is 290 and a half yards passing. Bet the over on Mahomes. I'm going over. Yeah, right. I, I think you got to go over. I mean, they're playing for the number one seat in the, in the conference. You're looking at a, a Raiders pass defense, which is 20 up in DVOA. Um, I mean, we saw Mac Jones in that second half. I mean, he even had some success. So, I mean, Jared Stidham, I mean, it, it, it's, you look at, well, he, he's going to be, I mean, they moved the ball last week on the Niners. So it could be a high scoring back and forth battle. And that leads towards more passing. And, you know, if the Raiders get off to a fast start like they did against the, against the 49ers, maybe Holmes is throwing the ball a ton, not handing the ball off. So I like that. Christian Kirk needs two catches for a half a mil. He needs 91 yards for another half a mil. Would you go over 56 and a half yards for Christian Kirk in his, I think his total is set at two and a half for receptions. Mm, this is tough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I mean, cause it's a, it's a division, it's a division game for the a team I mean, that's basically out of it. for the playoffs. Right. And it's just, I mean, this, this Titans defense, they, I mean, they've been banged up, but the one thing I can say is that, you know, Rabel can put together solid game plans. So can. it's like I'm, and it's just like if this weren't if this weren't like if this weren't a meaningful game, I would feel better about the over. But so Christian Kirk know, basically, you know, when it comes to his, he's targeted last five games: three, six, ten, seven, and eight. Receptions of six, five, six, three, and two. He's not been. They've not been throwing the ball the last two weeks. Yardage twenty two and twenty one yards the last two weeks, not just under, but way under. <laughs> yeah, I think you got to go. And then you look at the win. You look at the total in this game is forty. Right. So they're not expecting a lot of points. No. Nope. Yeah, that's that. This is an under. It's it's tough. Justin Jefferson needs one hundred and ninety four yards to set the all time receiving record. One hundred and fifty four against the Bears earlier. His prop is ninety and a half. Like Justin Jefferson to go off here. Um, they're gonna protect him. The, yeah, what incentive do the Vikings have None. to play? None. Like, if, to me, it's like if 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 you told me Justin Jefferson needed ninety yards to break the all-time receiving record, I'd say go over. But the fact that he needs hundred and ninety yards, yeah, it, it just yeah, I, I don't see them going for it. I mean, they're twelve and four. Niners are twelve and four. It's two or the three seed. So it's basically like, what path do you want to be on? Do you want the two seed path or the, or the three seed path? Not really that big of a, you know, there's, there's not that big of a difference, right? I mean, it's not that big of a, 
Yeah, you still got to face, you know, you're going on the road potentially to play the one seed still. So it's not like you're getting away from the Eagles. It's just when do you play the Eagles and when are you going there? So, uh, yeah, that's a lot. I mean, but he had a buck 54 against the Bears earlier in the year. So maybe he will grab that. And then the last one is um, where did I see this? It was a it's a it's it's I think it's uh, oh. JJ Watt needs a half a sack for a million dollars in his last game in the as an NFL player. I'm taking it. I'm taking. I'm, he's he's getting he's getting it. I mean, right. maybe even somebody lays down and right. does the Brett Favre and and Michael Strahan Strahan thing. <laughs> in particular, if it, it was a blowout, right? The game is totally like it doesn't matter at all, and they're getting. I mean, this, the, the Cardinals are getting killed. They're four and twelve. The game means nothing, and it's just okay. You know the Niners don't need it. They're on the road. They send them off. You know, a yeah. with, with a laydown sack. Brock Purdy doesn't want to get hurt. Let me right. Just lay yeah, down. Brock gives it to him. Say, hey, go ahead. It's like because when Strahan set the record, right? It, it wasn't even a tackle, right? It was just like he just hugged him, and they yeah, called, it was like Far literally just fell, fell into him. Right, they fell into him. He fell in. Like, oh, hey, Michael. Hey, you get the record. Congratulations. So, like, I could easily see that happening with JJ Watt coming up this weekend. So yeah, I mean, I, I think it does make it fun. You can just do some research on this. You can look around. That's how I'm going to do a lot of betting on this weekend with a lot of prop bets. It's week 18. It's just sort of like a ducking cover week for me. It's fun. Yeah. This is not, I, I don't get involved heavily unless, you know, you are a Titans fan or you are a fan of a team that might be alive here. We'll get to those games uh, in a second, but what do you make of here in Vegas? Who is the ideal quarterback here? It's not going to be Derek Carr. You, you spent some time here. So, you know, the field of, of the market, who should be the quarterback here next year? Um, It's Brady, right? I mean, right? how can it be anybody? I mean, you got Josh McDaniels there. They've worked together for so many years. Like, this Raiders team has a lot of weapons. Like, this is one of the best receiving cores in the league. Like, Devontae Adams, like, you just you just have guys. Uh, Darren Waller, like, like Renfro, like, I just, I love the, the receiving weapons. And then you got a good running back. Like, to me, if you, if you, like, and then the one thing I'll say about this Raiders team is that they, they had a, a huge one-score regression. Last yeah, year, huge. they dominated in one-score games, I think. They were like seven and zero in one score games this year. They can't win a one score game to save their lives. But I think you add Brady to this team. There's no reason why this team can't make a run. I'm with you. I mean, I think it's very the defense is a problem, and so Josh has got to fix that. But I thought the biggest loser of last weekend was Derek Carr because when you watch the offense run, I mean, Derek Carr, Jared Stidham what was the difference? Like there was no yeah. change. It, so, so like that is one of those, like, I'm like, man, if your ownership, like, why are we paying him? Why are we going to do that? Like if anybody who is a backup quarterback journeyman, who's been with Josh for a while can step in and run the offense against the number one defense in the NFL and put up big numbers and score. And what are we paying you 30, $40 million for? It makes no sense. It's, it's, it's a, it's malpractice. So, you bring in Brady. I think Brady would have to take a little bit of a pay cut to come in and play. But Devontae Adams wants to be involved in the quarterback selection. He, he made that clear yesterday. He said, hey, I want to be involved with this decision. And he's right to say that. You got to say, hey, we're giving you the goat. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah. 
I'm good. <laughs> okay. I mean, you got Devontae Adams, who basically, I mean, he's Derek Carr's best friend. He came over to play with Derek Carr. So I think he's earned the right to be able to say, you know what? I want to, I want to be able to yeah. consult here. Well, he wanted, I mean, that was the big fear with Raider fans of like, wait a minute, if Derek's gone, is Devontae gone? And yesterday he made it pretty clear that no, I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. I'm not going to ask for a trade. He wanted to be close to his family. For the most part, he liked Vegas. He's built a huge house here. So like his family's here. And so he's yeah. done. He's I mean, put he, his, he grew up a he grew up a Raider fan. Like he's right. from um he's from East Palo Alto. Yep. So, so it's just like he right in the Bay Area. So he so he wanted to be here. He wanted to play with the now. If you got a chance to bring in, and it's funny because Raider fans, when I've said this on the on the show, I've gotten DMs from Raider fans and they've said, like, why are you talking about Brady? Why would the Raiders want a one or two year window? And I'm just like what else do they have going for them to bring in Brady to have a wonder? She's like, yeah, but Mahomes. I'm like, yeah, but Brady's done really well against Mahomes. So like giving Brady the weapons, well, Brady's arm strength or Brady hasn't looked great. Okay. Brady can't run the football in Tampa. That's been the problem for the bucks. It's not really Brady's arm or, or, or Mike, Mike Evans or whatever. They scored three touchdowns against the Panthers. They can't run the ball. Josh Jacobs. They can run the ball. I mean, and let, let's be real. Like, that Tampa Bay coaching staff between Ty Bowles and Byron Leftwich, they're a bottom five coaching staff. I mean, they, they are content. They can't run the ball, but they're content on running on early downs. The offensive line's been banged up. Donovan Smith's yep. been out. Yep. Ryan Jensen's been out. Like, so, First, yep. like, they have all types of issues with that team that has nothing to do with Brady. And as we know, football is a sport where everything has to come together for one guy to look good. and it just hasn't come together. So he's not being put in the best position, but I think Brady hasn't, I don't think he's lost a step as much as everybody says he has. Look, he's old. He's my age. All right. I'm 45. Yeah. I'm old. Okay. I'm old. He's old. We're old. Like, but like I can still go. I mean, I'm, I, I work out three, four times a week. I still box. I still, I mean, I still do stuff. I'm not dead. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm still in good shape. You can still play if you're healthy and not banged up. And the rules have been the way the rules are. Can't touch Tom Brady. So he's basically just standing there playing catch while he's playing football. I mean, he's had one serious injury his entire career. It's incredible given what, how many snaps that guy's taken in high pressure situations for him to only to have one catastrophic injury in his career. I, I don't get why Raider fans wouldn't be ecstatic for one or two years with Waller Renfro with the offensive line that needs a new left tackle, but they would be, you know, they can run the ball and you got to resign Josh Jacobs but then go find someone to fix the defense. Yeah, it's a hard division, but it's the NFL. I mean, you know, yeah, there's easier divisions than others, but I, the idea of him going back to New England just is not logical to me, and he's not staying in Tampa. Like, that is yeah, really clear to me that Tom Brady wants to be somewhere else, not in Tampa. Yeah, I, yeah I, his days in Tampa are done. <laughs> Goroff says 45 years old, recently divorced in Vegas. No chance to stay focused on football. I'm 45. I'm recently divorced and I stay focused on this show. Don't tell me we can't handle that. That's ridiculous. Yes, we can handle oh. that. Brady will be focused. <laughs> I'm focused. Brady's focused. Come on, Goroff. That's ridiculous. I mean, this guy left his wife so he can play football. Right. Like, what are we talking about? Focus on football. This yeah. like, he loves football. He's laser focused on football. He, he forget the strip. He doesn't need the strip. He's good. He do whatever the hell he wants. My goodness gracious. Vegas will be the last thing. He'll get a he'll get come out to Summerlin. He'll never go to the Vegas Strip. He'll be out here or he'll live in Henderson by the practice facility. He'll build a mansion like a mile away from the practice facility and live at the facility all day long. That's what the guy does, what he wants to do. 
I'm not worried about Brady and focus more worried about the defense against Mahomes and, and against the chargers and those teams like, you know, that going to, going to arrow, going a mile high, going to arrowhead. Those are the places I'd be more worried about than Brady and his focus mm. living in Vegas. But uh, I'll, I'll be very curious to see what's going to happen with that. You lay in nine and a half Saturday chiefs here in Vegas, total of 52 and a half in this one. Ugh. Right. Um, <laughs> I just, I, I'm not crazy about this one. I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, the Raiders played them so tough. Um, and, you know, the Raiders are at home. I, I could see this being a shootout, but I, I don't know about laying nine and a half here. I want to see how many fans from KC are here because it was 60, 40, maybe 70, 30 Niner fans last weekend. It was crazy. Like the Bay emptied and they all came here and Arrowhead given what the chief fans preseason, what we thought this game was going to be. We thought this yeah. was going to be the best division in football. We thought the whole division yeah. might come down to this game. So I wonder how many chief fans bought tickets early and then bought the trip out here. And they're going to come out here, get out of the cold mm-hmm. in Kansas City to come watch the chiefs in the dome. And then what that's going to be like, because that's how it gets away from the Raiders. If it turns into just like, Let's go have fun, play some backyard football, go show out for our fans. That Raider defense is not going to stop. I, I think the best bet in this game is the over. Yeah, I, I agree I, with you. I, I think this is this is a shootout. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, even the, the first game, it felt like the Raiders kind of got whatever they wanted. So, right, I, and I mean, both offenses really. So, I don't see that changing here. Yeah, it, it's interesting to see this next game on Saturday because rather than talk about who's going to win this game. Who can win the next game, Jags or the Titans? Who is more likely to go and win on the road, or I guess at home, rather, a home game in the playoffs? Tennessee at home with Derrick Henry or the Jaguars at home for a playoff game for the first time? I don't know when. I don't know how much. Mark Brunel Day is probably the last time that happened for the Jaguars. So I'm trying to think. The Jaguars would end up like, let's just the winner of the AFC South, who would they end up playing? Would they end up playing the chargers? So they would be the four seed. They'd play the five. So yes, they play the chart. Yeah. They play the chargers as of now. uh, I mean, we saw the Titans play the chargers like really, really tough, Mm -hmm. but I just, I just, to me, I don't think the Titans can beat anybody in the playoffs with either Josh jobs or, or Malik Willis. I, I just think that's out of the question. So I'm going to say that I'm going to say the Jaguars just because I have a ton of respect for Doug Peterson from his time in Philadelphia. You see all how he turned this <laughs> franchise away, around. So I'm going to say the Jaguars. <laughs> I can't, I, I can't lay six and a half in this game. I just can't. I, can't. I, I, I want the Jaguars. It's like a money line parlay type of game for me, or just a money line mm-hmm. bet with the Jags. It's a teaser game. You mentioned teasers. Six and a half fits right into the teaser angle. So this very well might be a teaser. You, I think a lot of people on Saturday will tease Chiefs and Jags. Take both favorites, pull them down, and see if they both can win. The books are going to need one of these dogs to win a game outright, either the Raiders or the Titans to win outright. And I can't see either one really doing it. But man alive, this would be such like the Jaguars to throw up all over themselves and lose this game and have Derrick Henry run for 200 yards on them, right? There's a part of me. So I have the Titans to miss the playoffs. Ooh, I, I bet they're under win total. So I already cashed that. So yeah, I, 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 have the, I, have, I have their under win total as well. Yeah. 
So I cashed that, but I have them to miss the playoffs. So the way I might approach it is to try to middle the game. Oh. Yeah. So then you just bet you just bet the Titans to win the game money line. No, Titans plus six and a half, seven. So you then okay, so you, right, okay, I see what you're saying. So then you take them to lose, but cover the points, and you hit both bets. So you hit the him. The yeah, that's, the that's how I'm thinking about approaching it. Yeah, that's a bad. I, I, I don't mind that. I, I, I just it's a divisional game. I can't see Jacksonville winning this game by seven or more points. Like I just, I, I don't understand. Like, yeah, I, I, don't I think know. that's a that's a really high spread. And I get it though. I mean, it's how are the Titans scoring other than handing the ball off to Derrick Henry? You need, and the Jags are going to know this. The Jags are going to put nine guys in the box and say, okay, backup quarterback, you beat us. And who are you throwing to, by the way? Because there's no receivers for the Titans. So how are they going to score? <laughs> That's the problem. Dobbs look really good against the Cowboys. I, like I, That's the one thing I will say. But, I mean, we saw the Jaguars beat the same Titans team with Ryan Tannehill, 36-22. So beat I think that's why in Tennessee. This, yeah. Yeah, that's why you see the spread so high. But and look, I mean, I'm I was probably just I, last week. I was under the impression that the Jaguars were going mm-hmm. to get a score and bench everybody. Game didn't matter. They went yeah. to the Texans. I teased the Texans from four and a half to ten and a half. I'm like, okay, I'll give them ten and a half points. This should be easy. Did not expect the Jaguars to pin their ears back and beat the living daylights out of the Texans. That kind of sh- the, the the one thing that is giving me pause about that six and a half point line is like. Dougie might run the score up. He might go send yeah. a message. He, he might go in there and say, we're coming for the AFC. We're going to come and we're going to beat the Titans by 20. And then we're going to say, you're coming to us, Justin Herbert. Let's go. Come on. You got to play at our place. Yeah. I, I, I could easily see that. And then, I mean, I think the, there was a, there was an Eagles game a couple of years ago where the Eagles, I think it was ownership who told them to, to bench everybody. So maybe that was just Doug's way of saying, look, we're playing this thing out. Um, and they did. And I'm and still they, mad about what happened. <laughs> right. Defensively, they played it out. I mean, it was, I was stunned at the way that the Jags played last week. That was like, oh boy. Um, the Dolphins are starting Mike Glennon in a must win playoff scenario. They're home dogs to the Jets. Can you back the Dolphins on this? Can you take Miami? Uh, <laughs> you just reminded me of another future that I'm so angry about. So I have What's to, that? I have. I have the Dolphins over eight and a half wins. Oh, and I, I just, uh, I can't, I can't, I can't back the Dolphins. I well, mean, you can hedge. I like, mean, you can hedge out of it. Just bet the Jets. But it's just, it's like what it is is just these even money bets are so like there's so little money for me right. that it's just like I don't want to like if it was like paying two to one or something like that, I would want to hedge. But it's an even money bet. But yeah. Glennon is just so awful. I'm just going to let it ride and just have to root for, for Mike Lennon. <laughs> but I can't bet this at all. I can't believe that they have to start Mike Lennon. I just, if I'm a Dolphins fan, I'm sick to my stomach. I'm like, how did we get here? There was a report that came out that stated that Mike McDaniel might get fired if they lose this game. I don't believe wow. that for a second. Do you? No, there, there's no, like, how, how do you fire Mike McDaniel and like their schedule was tough down the stretch. And then like, for the most part, this Dolphins team has won most of the games that they should have won outside of the games where two got banged up or just didn't play. So it's just like, that's preposterous. And then you see what he's done for Tua. Tua's looked the best that he's ever looked. How do you fire Mike McDaniel? If he got fired tomorrow, he'd be a head hired. coach and candidate somewhere. 
two seconds. I totally agree with that. And that's the only thing I was, when I saw it, I was like, well, is that the agent for Jim Harbaugh or John Harbaugh? Sorry, John Harbaugh. Yeah. Saying, okay, we met with the Panthers. That rumor is out there that they've already talked with ownership with the Panthers about him going that there's some like, Hey, by the way, Michigan guy, Steven Ross, you better be careful because you've always said you wanted to hire Harbaugh and he might be off the table. He might leave Michigan and go to the Panthers. And if you want him, you might need to make a change. I don't know. It felt like a smoke screen type of like misdirection, fake news type of report, because I don't know that guy's done nothing. I know they're on a losing streak. I get it, but I think it would be a horrific mistake in a dumb move to fire McDaniel after one year. Oh yeah. I mean, without a doubt. I mean, like, I think that offense is just, it's one of the best offenses I've ever seen. And you got guys running wide open and you're going to fire him because his quarterback had multiple concussions this year. And, and like, mm. that's ridiculous. Is two a play next year? I think he is. <sighs> it's so tough. I, I want him to selfishly, but for his health, I don't want him playing football for a long time. It's just, you know, him, Kyler Murray is going to miss time to start next year with the ACL. Mm -hmm. And like, you start worrying about his legs, his knees, they're worrying about him and like his size. If he can't move, he's a sitting duck. So I get worried about him. It's, this is why if I'm looking at drafting Bryce young, I'm worried. Yes. These smaller quarterbacks, smaller quarterback. Yeah. They get beat up. They just, they get beat up and it's, I mean, at the end of the day, this is, is, I mean, when you play football, when you sign up to play football, this is your career. This is your life. Like I can't imagine if somebody told me at 22, the things that I've been working on my whole life, I can't do anymore. (sighs) So it's just, especially because you're set for life. Like financially you should be good. Like it's, you, I mean, you're the number one pick. You're a top five pick. You've been given a ton of guaranteed money. You know, yeah. your family's family's family. They're good, but you're just starting. Like you're just like, Hey, by the way, you've done nothing but this since you were six years old. And now you're in yeah. your mid twenties. Best of luck. <laughs> like you have yeah. your health, you have your money. It's great. I mean, there's definitely worse places to be at 25, 26, but it's still a, I mean, that's where you can see someone going down to a dark place pretty fast. Oh that's yeah. Tough. Without a doubt. Like, I, yeah, I think he, I think he'll play. I mean, I think somebody said on ESPN the other day, it's like the mentality of a football player is like, you know, and I hate to say this, but a lot of football players are just willing to die on, on the field. and you know, we, it kind of got real the other day. Um, and we see that like, no one wants to die on the field, but right. when this is your life, that's all, you know, it's crazy. Um, mm-hmm. one more football topic and then we'll get to, I'll ask you a college mm-hmm. basketball question. So the, the Browns are playing the Steelers. You gave that mm-hmm. stat about teams that are eliminated versus teams that have to win. I liked Cleveland anyway going into that game. So I like Cleveland even more now against the Steelers. I'll be betting Cleveland plus two and a half. What do you feel about that game? And then what are your expectations for the Browns with Watson next year? Cause you'll have the full year, full training camp and everything going into the year. Um, so I, I, I agree with you on the Browns. I think that's a, it's a, it's a really good spot for them. Um, and 
you know, like I said before, it's like when you have those guys who, when you have those teams who are just are playing for a playoff spot, they're overvalued in the market. So I think that's a really good pick. As far as Watson next year, I mean, he was clearly rusty. Um, it's it's still the worst contract in the NFL because they <laughs> shouldn't ever. have given them all that money. <laughs> but I, I think he'll be a lot better than he showed this year. I think you give him a, a full offseason. He even looked bad in preseason. So it's just like he never even really had time to find his footing. So I think he'll be much better this, this year. I mean, you'd have to be year, such a mental giant to be able to walk through – what he has gone through, and granted, it's his own doing. I'm not excusing his behavior yeah. by any means. Just saying, when you've had all of your, you know, nasty idiosyncrasies, the way you were, and then you're called a predator, you're called name after name after name in the local press, in the regional press, in the national press, you're booed everywhere you go, go to the grocery store, people are looking at you, you know, <coughs> excuse me. You know, grandmothers are yelling at you. You know, you're a horrible person. To be able to play through that and be like sharp and be good, you got to be like Hannibal Lecter. Like you, you, you got to be somewhere. Like you, I, I'm not shocked at all that he played as badly as he did. He's, he and, was. I mean, when you look at football in general, it's like you look at Kobe, right? When yeah. he had his case, he was flying in from court and dropping forty. But like football is not like an individual sport, like kind of like basketball is at times. Right. Like football is a sport that requires timing. It requires a lot of practice, and he's the leader of the team at quarterback. And they might like, hate him. Just a plug and, right. And, and yeah. They like might, he's not they just might a hate plug him. And play. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, like he's not just a plug and play piece. Right. So it's tough. It's not right. It's a, it's a great analogy. It's not like I can go out there and just give me the ball and get out of my way, and I'm going to go. I need you to catch the ball. I need you to be open. Yeah. I need you to run the right route. I need you to see the defense the way I'm seeing the defense. We need to be able to be on the same page. And if people are like, yo, dude, you're a scumbag. I want no part of you. Like, I don't want to be around you. I I, I don't I don't respect you. That's yeah. that. Uh, yeah, look, that's, look at Tom Brady that first season in Tampa Bay when they didn't have any training camp. Right. True. He it, had training camp, about, but he but he was but he had the whole year. He walked in in week twelve, so like he was way far removed. They had, they had they had COVID, so they had no preseason. Right. Oh, so it's that's like right. it took them. Yeah, they had no they had no right. Okay, no not as much as others, so, right? Yeah, yeah. So basically, like they didn't figure it out to like week ten. Interesting. And Alex says Russ should be better next year in Denver too. Do you agree with that? I mean, you get rid of Nathaniel Hackett, you should be a lot better. Um, and I felt like Russ was just the backup plan. They brought in Nathaniel Hackett to to really bring in Rodgers. And right. then they missed, they missed it up. just never really worked out. <laughs> well, I was like, I mean, like, now what do we do? <laughs> Go I mean, get like, Russ. They, 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 Nathaniel Hackett was so bad that the, the fans were chanting down the play clock. I've never seen that before. So it's like, yeah, I mean, by default, he has to be better. I mean, it's not much. I mean, it can't get much worse on, on that <laughs> level, but I don't know who's going to, I mean, that's a job. Phenomenal defense. You talk about bad contracts. Russell Wilson's contract is horrible. I mean, that is. Oh my God. They bet he better. I mean, put it this way. If he's not better next year, Denver's in a world of hurt. I mean, young receivers, <sighs> man. but they got this. I mean, he's got a five-year deal that they gave him a ton of guaranteed money and he will cracked the entire salary cap for that whole franchise. They thought they were getting a hall of fame quarterback and they got 
I don't know what they got, a line chef, not a cook. And they got to figure out big time this offseason. Could happen. Definitely could potentially with a new coach coming in. But I'll be very curious. Would you hire defense or offense for the head coaching job in Denver? I'm always a big fan of hiring offense. Just because I think in an offensive-minded league now, yep. <laughs> if you like, if you if if you if you even find a good offensive coordinator, he's getting poached, and right. you got to continue to build that over and over again. And I think that's tough. So yeah, you got to find. Uh, I, I mean, I Eric Bieniemy. Hello, I don't know what the guy's done. I don't know what skeleton the teams are finding in that guy's closet. But if I'm the Broncos. Eric B is I picking up the phone and I'm going to hurt the chiefs. And I'm going to take one of their guys who knows Mahomes, who knows the locker room, who knows how to beat them, who knows how to beat Andy Reed. That's the hire in Denver is Eric B But I don't know what that guy has that causes everyone to freak out, but the, they interview him and then it's like, Whoa. <laughs> and everyone gets very, yeah. very, very concerned uh, about that. So I don't know. <laughs> Sports Grid, thank you so much. We appreciate it. We'll be back coming up tomorrow for a Roll Call Friday. For you guys who are on Twitter and YouTube, stay tuned. A couple more segments us with us here with Raheem and I for BVB. All right. Let me talk one college basketball game for you. You get to play the role of the book here. Dave, okay. when, he, when he likes a bet, he books it or he bets it. When he doesn't like it, he books it. There's a very big game in college basketball tonight. Ohio State at home against Purdue. Now, last night, the number was one and a half. This number is currently, uh, did it move? it's not back to one and a half. It was two. It's back down to one and a half. Mm-hmm. I'm taking Ohio State at home on a Thursday night with a Purdue team that has not covered in their last eight games. Ohio State's been on fire and they've been covering games like crazy. But last three games, they've won and covered. Not really who's who. They beat Northwestern. Uh, Alabama A&M and Maine. So not exactly great opponents, but I like the Buckeyes. I think home court in college basketball in January is huge. And I think Purdue is going to lose back-to-back games here. They lost their last game. They'll lose here to the Buckeyes minus one and a half. You're going to bet it or book it. I think I'll, I think I'll bet it. Like I, I think you got most of the public on Purdue. Um, obviously Purdue is coming off that loss to Rutgers. Um, they haven't been the same team that they were earlier in the year. Right. So I, I agree with you here. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because, whoa, Texas just fired Chris Beard. Oh wow. man. How about that? So the Texas Longhorns in the wake of Chris Beard's domestic assault case had put him on long-term leave. I think they were still paying him. His fiance tried to save his job because she came out and said that I never feared for my life. He didn't choke me like the police were alleging, but the police obviously say that's not true. So Texas has, wow. According to the chat, uh, let's see if there's a report that's come out on this. Um, Boy, that's where do they go from here on that? Uh, Yep. There we go. Chris Beard has been fired by the university of Texas. Holy mid season for cause. Oh my, they're keeping his money. They're keeping his money. How about that? So a team that was ranked number one at one point this year in college basketball, the people thought Texas was a final four team. 
Chris Beard now fired and probably not going to work again at high level college basketball for a long, long time. Beard was arrested and charged with third degree felony for assault <clears throat> against, against a family member in December. Wow. So that much, so they must have done their own, their own investigation and they must have come back and said, you absolutely did this. So wow, that's a hell of, that's a hell of a job. <laughs> it's open for somebody. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to pop in mm. here real quick and give a piece yeah. of good news before we wrap the show. Yeah. Uh, apparently DeMar Hamlin has waken up and yep. he, and he asked if the bills won the game. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, according to USA today, I'm reading it right now. Check it out. It's cool. That's mm-hmm. phenomenal news. So he's, I mean, they'd said this morning that he did have, they thought his cognitive function was going to be fine. But if he's asking those questions, that's, that's that he has a memory. He knows where he is. Wow. I mean, that was the thing they said on the field. He only lost two minutes of oxygen to the brain. So they thought mm-hmm. they got to him. I mean, we talked about it yesterday, but like the one place, if you're going to have that event happen, having it happen on a football field in the NFL with that many medical personnel around, may have just saved everything and maybe he's going to be okay. Oh, that's yeah. great. Thanks. Thanks I'm sorry. For that. I, I saw that he was actually communicating through writing because he, um, he still couldn't talk. Okay. So he still can't talk. Yeah, they okay. He would, the fact that he could write, I mean, I think so now maybe, he's, maybe now maybe he's talking, maybe he's yeah. asking questions. Um, he's moving his hands. He's moving his feet. Substantial improvement has been made today. Um, yeah, according to the report that came out this morning at 737 Pacific time, so about four hours ago, he wasn't able to speak, but maybe he's regained the ability to speak. Yeah, no, then. no. Yeah, you're 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 right, Reem. Uh, I think he's on a, ven- a ventilator. He's got a breathing. So on the vent. OK, yeah, yeah he's still so, on the vent. So, but yeah, okay. I, I think he wrote it down. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But he can communicate it. So that's huge. That he's able mm. to show the brain, the, the, the brain function um, mm. with that. Uh, the report. Um, there's an article that came out from Texas to put a bow on the Texas thing. It says um, there seems to be, this is UT released a letter to Beard's lawyer in which the school's VP of legal affairs wrote that Beard does not understand the significance of the behavior he knows he engaged in. Yikes. So they wrote, mm. there seems to be an incorrect underlying assumption that the criminal process outcome dictates Mr. Beard's employment outcome. Oh my. But wow. these are di- these are different processes where different decisions decision makers are weighing different factors. My call to you as Mr. Beard's lawyer was a courtesy to let you know that the athletic director, Chris Del Conte, was prepared to start the termination process of Mr. Beard and that Mr. Del Conte was calling Mr. Beard that morning and that there was only a short window open for Mr. Beard to resign should he choose to avoid termination. The university does not have a preference for his resignation versus termination. Again, our evaluation of Mr. Beard's fitness for service is not contingent on whether he is also convicted of a particular crime or whether those charges are dismissed at some point. (laughs) So the university... They didn't care. They really felt like he did it, or they just felt yeah. like he just brought like such extreme shame to the university. It's just no, no coming back. Wow. Yeah, that's it. So, all right. So he's he was out. Period. Like they didn't care. Say whatever you want. <laughs> you, you know, you're acquitted. Your fiance can you know say don't press charges. I mean, it's Austin, Texas. It's you, you can't like come on. Like it's yeah. It might be Texas, but Austin is its own little 
you know, it's the Vatican in Texas. It's you, you just can't you, you can't do that in Austin. It's just not going to work. Uh, finally, Bromo Camp is reporting that the NFL is going to announce in momentarily Bills Bengals game will not be resumed. So we'll see what they do with that when it comes to the, the one seed in the AFC North and whatnot. Uh, Raheem, we end the show every day on a positive note. We call it my favorite thing about today. You can talk about anything going on in your life that you were happy about, excited about. What is your favorite thing about today? My favorite thing about today is, um, I, I don't know. We're just blessed. I mean, I, I'm, yeah. you guys invited me to the show. I had a really good time um, filling in for Dave today. So it's like, I mean, I'm really, I'm, I'm just thankful. You know, I'm, I'm thankful for everything. Just the opportunity to be able to share my sports thoughts with the world. So today's a great day. Yeah, I appreciate that. And we thank you for being here. The brigade thanks you for being here and, and filling in. This was a lot of fun to have you on. And we don't talk a lot of N- N- NBA. So to get your expertise on the NBA really is, is is very cool. My favorite thing about today is it looks like at least right now, mm-hmm. DeMar Hamlin's going to be okay. And yeah. at least for his life, like forget football, forget everything else. And it looks mm-hmm. like the young man's going to be able to live in some form of a, of a, of a, of a, of a life that he had before the incident happened. And that just from a mental standpoint for the bills and the Bengals and the players who were on the field, I really was, I was worried about what they were going to look like this weekend playing football, knowing what their brother just went through. And I mean, we know this with football is like a car crash. And if your mind is not entirely committed to that act, that's you get really hurt. You you can you can get seriously injured if your mind if you're thinking about something else and not fully committed to the game. And I was like I was like man I don't know about the Bills I don't know the way Josh Allen was looking I don't know how he's going to be like yep let's go play football Sunday against the Patriots this this seems like a, a good idea so I think yeah. if they know their brother's going to be is on the road to recovery I think it's a huge weight off those guys' backs and I think it's 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 oh, you know for the whole NFL. It's, it's, Mm -hmm. it's extremely good news. So I really, I'm really happy to hear that news. Raheem, thank you for doing this, man. Really appreciate it. Before we let you go, where can people find your stuff? Where can they listen to your podcasts? We're doing for the ringer. I mean, you can check me out on Spotify, the ringer gambling show. Also, we have the Philly special podcast. I'm covering the Philadelphia 76ers, my hometown team. But I mean, you can catch me on Twitter and Instagram. I am Rasha Thomas. It's right there on the screen. So make sure you follow me. Hit me up. Tell me. You still haven't talk. listened to me. Um, you still haven't listened to me. And I'll, 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 I did. All, all, all my advice do you have to change your I Twitter did handle. To you. I remember I was DJR <laughs> today is a before. That is so, still confusing as hell. I am Ramadamas is really how many letters is that? <laughs> I, see, I wanted to go Rasha Thomas, but somebody took it. Uh, so I have to like. Yeah. But I, I am Ross Thomas. It's, it's, it's a lot easier to remember. So yeah, just go um, search Raheem Palmer on Twitter and you'll find it. It's possible. Yeah. Search, search Raheem Palmer on Twitter. <laughs> um, but tell me your thoughts. I mean, was I on, was I on um, topic? Was I on base? Um, am I wrong about some of my NBA or NFL thoughts? I would love to hear what you guys got to, got to say. <laughs> Thank you so much. He's Raheem Palmer. I'm Matt Peralta. Dave might be back tomorrow. We'll have to see what it, it sounds like. He may be on. And Matt, I'll, be, I'll, be in, yeah. I'll be back in Vegas by March. So hit me up. Let's moving, do it. I'm moving. I'm moving over to the West Coast, though. So. Let's do it. I, I, I got a barbecue spot for us to go and chow down. It's it's, it's good food out here, so we'll, 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 we'll take care of you. Folks, thank uh, you for watching and being a part of this. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. We'll be back tomorrow for a Roll Call Friday episode of the Bostonian versus the Book.